Welcome to No Studios. Won't y'all clap for that? No Studios. No, we gotta act like we wanna be here. No Studios. This is art activated. See, when we come here, we come with that kind of sadness and depressed mood. That's what it comes. So the reason why we are here is to celebrate. We're talking about art as a change agent. And when I look at it, I think of no better space in Milwaukee than No Studios. Because the word we often hear is no. And it usually seems like that's a negative thing. But where that no is inspired from, from the Japanese culture, it represents skill and talent. So every time I hear the word no, that just lets me know I got to put my skill and talent to work just a little bit to get to that next place. So welcome to the inaugural. That means you got to keep doing this. Social Justice Summit 2019. Clap it up for that. So oftentimes, so oftentimes, especially here in Milwaukee, we hear about negative statistics. We hear about those things about racial inequality, about segregation and incarceration, human trafficking, uh, poor health outcomes, all of these things that make us difficult. But what we're here to do to talk about today is injecting hope. And when we look at the word and the thing of art activated, I want you to think really where that comes from. It comes from social justice at the intersection of art and using art as a change agent. And I come here as a witness, as a testimony. I grew up in the now notorious 53206. But if we can reverse engineer that, the 53206 I grew up in was filled with love. It was filled with hope and determination, with people who had hope for the next day. And as we start to see what started that decline, these are the things that we need to do differently to make it on the incline. I'm gonna tell you, I, I had this speech kind of rehearsed what I was gonna say, and then I met Brother Lawrence from Uganda. But I, I, said, I said, what is the key to the healing? And he said, it's about forgiveness. First, I forgive myself, I forgive others, and then the next thing that comes is an injection of love. And he sees himself as a peace ambassador. So when we start to look about what we're doing here today, we're talking about healing the trauma. So it first begins within, and then it starts without. Today, you're going to hear some wonderful stories. I'm looking at Sister Ali, and they know that it's not about the new school or the old school, but it's about the true school. They've been here for a while. Clap it up for them, because we're going to talk to them. And when we talk about true school, they're talking about healing our babies with the arts. When we start to talk about what's going on in Uganda with the children of peace, it breaks my heart what the children went through. But it warms my heart because when I see Jane's story, she said, you know what? I felt a need to do something, and it's up to me. But then she said, and it's up to us. So we must all feel a level of responsibility to do this. And when I talk about a level of responsibility, when we talk about art activate, it has to activate within our mind and within our hearts. And we have to ask ourselves, how committed to this am I? And when I think about commitment, I think about Kothi. Kothi celebrating over 50 years of healing. As a mental health therapist, most of the times when we talk about mental illness, when we talk about health, mental health, we talk about mental illness and we never talk about the mental wellness. Well, we want to talk about how can we heal, but we also want to know how can we build from the very beginning. And so when I see my brothers coming up on stage, they're going to give me some of that drum. They're going to give us some action to put us in beneath. This is what we need to have to activate us when we think about this whole weekend. Because what started out as a Saturday afternoon 
has evolved into something greater that I don't even think the creators had in mind. It was just supposed to be in Milwaukee, but it somehow reached globally all the way to Uganda. And then it landed in New York, the international capital of the world. But it stops right here in Milwaukee, the ground zero of where the work begins. So when we start to think about what we're doing, think about how we can heal and how we can build. I want you to think about what we're doing today with healing of the trauma. But then think about as we go on for the rest of this program, living the experience of the disenfranchised life where we know we have things to deal with as it relates to criminal justice reform, as the ills and the scourge of human trafficking, as it relates to housing and fair housing, but more so about protesting and how do we resist and how do we repair? Because when it comes to all of us, it takes all of us to make it a better place. The Social Justice Summit actually became a Social Summit Justice Series. And as you are here today, what makes this beautiful is not just what we're doing here, but what we're gonna do afterwards. So I need everybody in your heart to just take a moment to think about this as the drummers play. What am I gonna do when I leave this place? How am I gonna be intentional about the things that I hear, making them come to life? And when we start to talk about how do we make it come to life, what are you willing to sacrifice? Every true person who has a cause, who we greatly respect in the analytics of time, has been somebody who's been willing to pay the ultimate sacrifice. Whether we look at a Gandhi, a Jesus of Nazareth, a Martin Luther King, a Megar Evers, a Malcolm X, a Mother Teresa who gave of her life the whole time. People who were willing to give and give and give until there was no more to give. So as we think again on this social justice summit, art as a change agent, how are we going to help? What are we going to do? I want everybody to know right here today is going to start with love. So what I want you to do is to find somebody right next to you. Give them a high five, give them a hug, give them some type of form of appreciation. And see, this is the arts right here. This is the arts. See how you smile and see what you're doing? We just increase your serotonin. So as many ways in which we can help and walk this lane. But as the drummers play and you laugh and you feel, I want you to feel these good feelings. But I also want you to think about what am I going to do? We're gonna go on a roller coaster of emotions tonight. Take a time, take a minute if you need it. But even in that hurt and that pain, see how we can use that as a fuel as we motivate ourselves to go into the future. Welcome to the Social Justice Summit. You're in for something spectacular these next two days. I love you. Hello, everyone. It is a pleasure to be here today. And it is an honor to help kick off No Studio Social Justice Summit. This weekend, we will embrace diversity, we will appreciate creativity, and we will celebrate the power of people of color fusing their creativity with their commitment to change for good. My name is Morgan Phelps, and I am the founder of Colorful Connections. And for those who are unfamiliar with us, we are a social enterprise focused on increasing diversity in the communications and the creative industry. And if you're curious why I'm standing on this soapbox, it's because I have a lot to say about the need for diversity in the creative space. 
So, I am here today as someone who saw a problem with underrepresentation within the creative workforce. I am here as someone who got frustrated with the status quo and wanted to do something in addition to talking, shifting the balance of creatives and storytellers to reflect underrepresented communities. But why? Why is it so important to have diverse creatives? I appreciate the value of research, so I'll throw in some numbers to help answer that question. And my main source is the census, but um, find me afterwards for specifics. I'm just gonna run through these for the sake of time. People of color will be the majority in the US in 25 years. Here in the city of Milwaukee, people of color are already the majority at 54%. When it comes to creative positions, 31% of people of color are in the profession nationally and 27% locally. Now with that landscape in mind, listen to this. If at least one member of a team represents the target end user, the team is 158% more likely to innovate accordingly. I think that's worth repeating. If at least one member of a team represents the target end user, the entire team is 158% more likely to innovate accordingly. So let's go back to the question. Why is it important to have diverse creatives? It's so that our ever-growing diverse population is properly understood, represented, and reflected. It's not a nice to have, it's not a feel good, it is essential. It's vital for business and it's in the best interest for all of our well-being. Without diverse creatives, the true perspectives and needs of the public won't be fully represented. And without that, we're at continual risk of poor innovation and missed opportunities. Let's not think narrowly about creatives and the storytellers who control the narrative. There are traditional creative fields like advertising, PR, and film, 12 years a slave, right? But it's one of the top desired skills from employers because creatives are present in multiple industries. As we'll see today, speaking with Fern Calker about using art as a change agent, and from Naira Johnson Jordan tomorrow on reimagining solutions for criminal justice reform, Creatives think without boundaries to conceive the solutions of tomorrow. And just think of the difference we can make and see if we had more diverse creatives. This weekend, we will hear from bold leaders who in some respect use creativity to drive change, some from across the world, and some here in our own backyard. My ask to you is that as you attend these sessions, you do so with an active ear, with purpose, and intentionality. Let's not forget the realities and injustices that exist in the city we call home. Let this summit fuel your spirit and inner creativity and leave you inspired to ask yourself, how can I be a part of change? On that note, I will invite John Ridley up to the podium. Uh, thank you very much. Good evening. How is everybody this evening? Good, I hope. Um, thank you so much for coming out this evening, and, and I do want to keep my remarks very brief because there's uh, some extraordinary conversations that are going to take place in a moment, so please steel yourselves accordingly. Um, people 
have asked me going back four years ago when we originally started No Studios, well, how do you explain it? What is it about? What is it they're actually trying to do? And early on in the process, it's a little difficult to quantify and explain your hopes, your dreams, your desire for the space. But over the last year, as we have uh, taken this idea and really made it real, um, a way to sort of explain what we want to do has really presented itself. And so I just would love everybody in this room to just take a moment and really look around the room for a second. Just take a look around the room. Look at the kinds of folks who are here, the breadth of individuals um, that are represented in ways that are very clear and some ways that are unclear and that's all right and, and all good. But there are so many folks who have come here and chosen to populate this space and interact and talk and discuss and have a communal experience. And that's what No Studios is all about to me. I've been very fortunate and blessed to have worked in the arts. And over time, I've seen the way that people are engaged in ways that they can't really explain by art, by music, by dance. And what we wanted to do was create a space where people could socialize and have a communal experience, but socialize with purpose. And over 360 days out of the year, if it's just a screening, if it's uh, spoken word, if it's dance, if people are just having a really good time, well, that's fine. That's great. But we also wanted to devote a little time during the year where those of us who are very fortunate enough to have advantages in life, and sometimes those advantages may seem very small, just get up in the morning and feel safe, have a roof over your head, a job to go to a family structure that can support you when you need support, and things that you can focus on when times are good and you can lift up and raise up individuals. That not everybody has those basic circumstances in their life, and then beyond it, other things that are going on in the world that need to be corrected that sometimes we're not even aware of. Can we get together and socialize with real purpose? And that's what Art Activated is all about. And so I have to First of all, thank um, individuals and corporations that have come together to support us in this first year. So American Family Insurance is one of our prime supporters. The Milwaukee Bucks, in and among the things they're doing representing this city, have chosen to be partners with us as well. Uh, participant Media in Los Angeles uh, has chosen to support us and also on Sunday, we're going to be uh, premiering a new film of theirs that is not even open yet, uh, Just Mercy, which very much fits into our narrative of ensuring equality for all individuals. And I also have to, of course, thank uh, Marquette University, who are partners here at No Studio, but have very graciously opened their university on Saturday, and will be hosting uh, what I believe is going to be an incredible afternoon of conversations. I also have to give a very special shout out we have visiting professors from New York University who were very gracious to host Jane Akayu and her students who will be up here in a moment. Um, but I'm a graduate of New York University and um, I probably would not be standing here if it weren't for the things that I was very fortunate to learn and understand through higher education. And certainly making higher education a choice that is available to all students is yet something else that all of us should work towards as well. So I just want to talk very quickly about socializing with purpose and how that matters and how it brings us to this moment. So 
At No Studios, we love the concept of supporting artists that are obviously here in Milwaukee and making sure that they can do the things that they want to do and express themselves the way that they want to without ever having to leave the city that they love. But also, like myself, there are individuals who do leave but never want to leave Milwaukee behind them. So at the last Tribeca Film Festival, we had a pop-up event at the Norwood Club in New York, which is very similar to No Studios. And uh, as always, we try to socialize with purpose. And in that socializing with purpose, just meeting people and talking about their experiences, I met a very remarkable individual, Aviva Fierstein, who, um, while she was in school at university, when most of us were just trying to figure out how to make it around campus and not forget our student ID cards, um, she was figuring out a better way to assess terrorist threats in America after 9-11 and ended up working for the NYPD and the Boston PD and the FBI and the uh, National Basketball Association and then probably turned 30 right about that point. <laughs> I'm not lying. I am not lying. Uh, and also worked with the Innocence Project, uh, obviously helping individuals who were wrongly convicted uh, uh, see some measure of justice, but also with individuals who had been incarcerated dealing with trauma as they tried to reach a space of normalcy in their lives. And in the conversation, she told us about a really remarkable individual, Jaina Kaya, who in Uganda, by herself, started an organization called Children of Peace Uganda, which is dedicated to taking young men and women, young isn't even the right way to say it, children, who have been taken under the thrall of warlords, had weapons put in their hand and taught to kill, forced to kill. And taking these young men and women out of extraordinary circumstances and using art and dance and music as a way to help them heal and help them return to a space of some sense of normalcy in their life. So in hearing about Jane and hearing about what she was doing and how she was using art, it would have been remiss if we didn't reach out to her and ask her to come and share her experiences um, here in America, in New York, and very particularly in Milwaukee. I never want to compare tragedies. I never want to compare circumstances. Everything deserves to be looked at at its own merits and its own challenges. But to be reminded what one individual can do with few resources and few funds, I think, is a reminder for all of us that have some semblance of advantage in our life to ask ourselves, what are we doing to ensure that our children, if, if no one else, our children, have the opportunity to grow up safe, grow up secure, um, have brighter futures, then what are we really doing? So I want to bring up Aviva and Jane in just a moment, but um, a few months ago, really only a very few months ago, Aviva returned to Uganda to sit with Jane, to talk to her and to meet some of her students. And we sent a film crew over there. Uh, we put together a little documentary. It's very short, but we'd like to show it just to give you a sense of what Jane is doing in Uganda. And then Aviva and Jane and some of her students are going to come up and just talk about some of their experiences. So um, without any further conversation from me. We're just going to uh, set up the screen a little bit, and we're going to play this. But again, thank all of you for choosing to be part of what we're doing here this weekend. And for those of you who are members, those of you who have supported us from the beginning, 
from the bottom of our heart, we could not do this without you. So thank all of you for being here, and thank you for finding space in your heart, in your time, in your day, to focus on the folks around us who most need us. So thank you.